You're listening to Wicked Thoughts, a podcast by Flair Castro. This show helps founders and professionals understand business trends, social media, digital lifestyle, and how to be a better entrepreneur. For season four, we cover topics powered by a dash of social. Let's start learning in three, two, one. Guys, welcome to season four of Wicked Thoughts. So I have here with me Christopher Starr, quite famous in the startup scene in the Philippines. And it's also my first time to talk to him on a call. So I'm pretty excited to talk to Chris Starr tonight. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, kamusta? Oh, good. Great to have you here. I'm super stoked to have someone who's quite known in the startup space. So I'm going to quickly go over your profile. So you were the chief marketing officer of Catalyst Case. That's current. That's your current position. And you're currently a content creator, podcaster for Tech in Asia. You have a podcast network Asia, which I just listened to, your podcast Under the Influence. You're also a live streamer on Kumu there and a startup mentor for Kubo as well. So I think I've read everything already, Chris. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Something that I haven't covered. Okay. Something you haven't covered. I, I think that pretty much defines who I am right now. But in terms of my career background, I've always been in marketing since forever. I've been in the digital space for about, I think, I consider it around 17 years now since I first started wow. having my own first website and selling online 17 years ago. And until now, I'm still in the digital space. I work with web mobile applications to dating apps to e-commerce Na- you name it you- i probably have done it to one way or another <laughs> for sure for sure but um so yeah like i said i've been listening to a couple of podcasts where you were a guest in and apparently that was your recent episode all about you it was <laughs> i had like you were having so much fun i think you were just talking to friends and I love that. Like it's like a, a side of Chris Star that I haven't seen, you know. So I always see you on my newsfeed doing all these things for the startups. And yeah, I think the last uh, the last time I saw you online was because of Up Next, of which you were um, you were the lead right, for the program with Javier Ayon. And then the the other time that I saw you was uh, Clubhouse. I think you were still active on Clubhouse. Are you still active on Clubhouse right now? Unfortunately, I'm not as active as before. And that's because I actually got my job through Clubhouse. Wow. Yes. Since I've been hired, I've been very busy lately. So I haven't been active on Clubhouse. Yeah, I think a lot of people also dropped out of Clubhouse. So you're not missing much. Don't worry. <laughs> but those, those were fun times, Deba. Right? I mean, we're yeah. talking about social media here. And I think when when Clubhouse opened up their app, it opened up, but that but then you know it was invite only. People were streaming in, um, a lot of business owners, especially startup people, you know, in the scene. Um, they wanted to find out, okay, what's in this app? How do I meet people? And people were talking about things like serendipity, you know. So um, as a content creator right now, Chris, because that's your current parang, I don't know, um, 
current activity in a way. You have a lot of things going on. How is it being a content creator since I think you mentioned last year? How was it? Okay, I've I consider myself an accidental creator just because I've always been active on social media as part mm. of my job. So that's why I'll, you'll find me on any app that is very new, like Clubhouse, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. Like the moment these platforms launch, I automatically create an account, try to play around with it. I ask and beg people to give me invites just to have <laughs> access because it's my job. But the pandemic really changed everything since there's mm. not much to do. And I live alone. Uh, my, my family's not with me. So I really had to spend a lot of time online to keep myself sane. And as much as Netflix is there and all these other live, um, all these streaming sites, it's still different to have human interaction, especially for a person like me. So that's what led me to live streaming because it feels like a party where you just barge into a conversation Join in. and then <laughs> meet new people, interact. And that's that's really how it started. I make I made friends with a lot of other live streamers, both new ones and a lot of also more traditional like celebrities and social media influencers. And I just kind of developed, or probably not developed, but probably unleashed my hidden <laughs> um, <laughs> talents of like making fun of myself, creating content with them. So we've pretty much done a lot of different things from raising money to having a talk show to doing serious talks uh, to like pitching competition. <laughs> I've done something similar to like a shark tank on, on live stream. And I've also done like um, teleserie type of content on live stream. Oh my I've God. Pretty much done everything. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of activities done, no? I mean, it's not similar to how businesses are doing it right now or maybe people who also want to try out these apps. Probably they're just curious, like what you said. Okay, there's a there's a new app that, that came out and I want to try it out. But you, you actually create content on these apps. So that's a different level, diba. Right? So sabi nga nila, they have, you have uh, people who are like... Uh, they sign up and then they drop off and then there are those who sign up they stay they're just stalking no parang ano lang parang okay they just open it like once a day so how how heavily influenced were you who was your inspiration in creating content ba like what inspired you na maging content creator din a podcaster a live streamer an education creator on tiktok as well wow it, it was, really was, was there someone who inspired you? Mm. I would say my friends uh, that I also met online. Uh, some mm-hmm. of them I met before the pandemic. Some of them are my friends in startup world. And then mm-hmm. just jive in online. But I also met a lot of new people online. And mm. because th- we have nothing to do. A lot of them are uprising TikTok um, influencers so the, the interest was kind of the same. I was more interested to learn it from a business perspective. So I was exactly. Just, but I'm like, okay, how do you do this? influencer? Like what what's what do you what do you do and stuff like that? Like, do they actually take 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 it seriously uh, in terms of numbers? Mm-hmm. And I'm super surprised they do. They check their analytics, they know these things, they watch what? a lot of YouTube to study the algorithm. Um, they're really ser- taking it seriously and I'm so surprised 
how the industry also has developed. Because I've worked with a lot of influencers before. Some of my friends are, are social media influencers, one of the OGs. Um, and yet I did not know the world clearly because it, when it was start, it was starting, it was mostly bloggers, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Blogs, and now with TikTok and these other social media platforms, it's so easy to be famous in like a week's time, a month's time, you have hundreds and millions of followers. Uh, so it's crazy. And brands are beginning to take it seriously as well um, mm-hmm. as compared to before. Uh, before it's really just, you know, throwing a party so all these bloggers will come and giving right. gifts get mm. it for free mm. uh, as much as possible. You don't want to PR kits and all. <laughs> and now I'm surprised content creators are living the life, like millions of pesos being paid for them to do endorsements. Oh, wow. Hundreds and thousands of pesos to just one post. And even live streamers making millions of pesos each month just live streaming online. So that is very fascinating. Kaya I got more interested. But it was accidental. It wasn't planned. I did not want to like have a YouTube channel to be a TikTok creator. I want to be a live streamer or whatnot. Wala talaga sa plan at all. It was just, I'm bored. Might as well have fun while well in, in lockdown and then it so happened my friends are also creators and I even have a group like we had we formed the group um, and there's such a young people like a, a young group of people we were called Hype Hive there were 10 of us mm. um, some of them are GMA artists and then some of them are TikTok um, uprising stars so it's very interesting how it all happened <laughs> So for you, it was all organic because you were part of this whole like network of people who were influencers in the first place and then you were dragged into the, the scene and now you're a content creator. And you mentioned that you were friends as well with these startup, uh, startup folks, right? Are you friends with the founders of Kumo? Is that the reason why you joined up you know, yes. the platform? I've always been a big supporter of Philippine startups, including Kumu, of course. I've met Roland, mm. Rexy, and the rest of the gang, James, um, mm. way before they were... Uh, e- I think I've heard of them even before they were a live streaming app. I was on the app, I think, three years ago, um, way before they have virtual gifts. I was already on the app because I have some friends that was supporting them. I was also an advertiser on Kumu. I've done partnerships with them. I've done it twice so far before becoming a live streamer. And anyone can become a live streamer, but I was also, before my current job, became a signed artist. That means I have an agency. So it's pretty, I'm pretty stoked with that concept that I was able to do it. Um, But yeah, so... And a lot of us want to do it all, diba? Just, just, just to try it out, just to learn, just to have an experience of actually being a creator. And now you're here, um, and apparently it's ano pa, parang pandemic project more, right? I actually, actually, this podcast is also a pandemic project, and it pushed us a lot of us to become creators, diba? And uh, it's also a good excuse actually to talk to other people. I mind you, <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> Nice. But yeah, let's talk about um, your startup experience. Maybe we can go back to that because uh, for 
the listeners, if you don't know Chris Star, poor you. Anyway, <laughs> I'm kidding. But Chris, I've seen you on Startup PH. I've seen you on these groups that are related to startups. And that, that's actually how I knew that you were around, no? And you were promoting as well your, your agency. And um, from there, you mentioned that you were involved as like parang... Uh, first employee of all these startups. So like, wow, yung isang episode mo, they said that you were like a, a social butterfly, kumbaga. Well, who is Chris Star ba? Before you were doing all these uh, things, digital marketing, startup marketing, content creation, who were you before that? I'm curious. So I had my first business and taste of digital 17 years ago. So I was in college. Mm. You guys can do the math. Uh, back then, I hired a company to launch a website um, for this bag company that I started. So it, it, my mom made the bag. I brought it to school. People are asking, where did you get it? And I'm like, ah, moment. Okay, benta times. So I was going to sell this. Asking. <laughs> Even the guards are stopping me, asking me where I got my bag. So that's when I decided to turn it into a business. And that was my first, um, parang, experience and entrepreneurship without any mm-hmm. knowledge. I was a college student. I was taking a political science. No one's teaching me what I'm doing. I literally have zero knowledge. And back then, the sell of online is sell to the world. Right now, because it's all about niche, lo- um, geolocation. Yeah, geolocation, agree. Right? It's, it's all about localization of your content. But back then, since um, digital is very new, 17 years ago, it's not even called Quite, yeah. It's web. It's web marketing. Web marketing. <laughs> marketing. Internet marketing. Ew, right? <laughs> it so, shows how old we are, Chris. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so back then, it was just really... Parang, I, I, because the reason why I pushed for the online store was be- when I found out how expensive it is for anyone to start selling in malls or anywhere, literally right. offline, I realized I can't afford it. And obviously, I was just using someone else's money, which is my parents. So I said, okay, I think 2,000 or 3,000 pesos a month, I, I think was the monthly payment for the website. I, I thought that was cheaper than a 20,000 to 100,000 peso rent in a mall. Plus, it's so complicated. I didn't know that you have to submit a proposal. They need to for sure. approve it. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to see your your concept. Um, I didn't know all of those. I, I learned everything uh, on the job, and mm-hmm. that's that's really where I started. But even before that, I've always been creating websites. I created a website for my for my section in in high school. Mm-hmm. Created like created a website with a chat so that everyone can go to that page after work. <laughs> um, so so that's cool. where it all started. And now you fell in love with digital marketing and startup marketing, now being a content creator. So um, since we already talked about the content creator side of you, although I still have some more like inquiries about that, um, you mentioned being a business owner and um, comparing having a kiosk, for example, in a mall and doing online marketing. Wag nang online marketing. Is that the recent term na ba, yung online marketing? Yes, digital it's online marketing. Eh. Digital. <laughs> digital. Digital marketing. marketing na. Yeah. <laughs> social na siya. Okay, so digital marketing. Focus tayo on the social part. What do you think are the benefits if ano, the businesses would choose to use their budget um, into social media marketing versus 
let's say, um, advertising in a newspaper, in the radio? I know that's very basic for you, but do you think that's still applicable nowadays or should we spread our budgets across different channels? What, what is your parang model, mental model for that? I think number one, the uh, barrier to entry is way, way lower for digital so it's very affordable. Right, right. You don't need to have a huge budget, especially for other traditional media like billboard, TV. The cost for entry is very high. Like I think it's at least half a million um, pesos for, for placements on like billboards. Um, and, and, and even for, for TVCs, like uh, 30 seconders, typically would already range around that much depending on which station you're you're placing. Mm-hmm. So and barrier to entry alone, um, digital is, is the way to go, especially for small businesses, right? Because that's what you can afford, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But the good news is when it comes to where our customers are spending most of their time, it has also greatly shifted, especially mm-hmm. right now because of the pandemic. Even the older generation are forced to become baby Zoomers, as they're called. <laughs> that's cute. I just heard about that. Because okay. <laughs> now... That's netizens the... before, right? They call it netizens. Now, ano, baby yeah. Zoomers. Okay. Baby Zoomers are the baby boomers that would have to adapt on new technology like Zoom to connect with family. So now, oh. they're spending a lot of their time online and less mm-hmm. on... Uh, traditional media. Also, the distribution of traditional media has been limited because mm-hmm. one, when do you do we usually listen to radio when we're driving, but we're now stuck at home. When do we mm-hmm. usually watch TV when we have nothing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, because of digital, there's something you can do anytime <laughs> with like Netflix on right. demand as compared to TV that you have to wait for your favorite show at a specific time. Mm-hmm. And now that we're all working from home, we don't necessarily have to get information from newspapers or magazines. Um, oh. So our consumers, our audience, our target audience, our target market, they have changed their consumer behavior. And their right. also the content they consume is now different. So for me, that's why you would want to choose digital. Um, I would assume that if you are still thinking of traditional media that some that you know that your market is still primarily using traditional media as a main source of content that but that's mm-hmm. very rare the mm-hmm. only reason i would suggest more traditional media is if you are a bigger brand of course if you're a true. brand um, there are still a lot of filipinos there's still a lot of people who are not always online always active online and, and traditional media would still be your best option to reach them. Especially for those no, that say, okay, I don't want to be on Facebook anymore. I will deactivate it. But, you know, Facebook is the top um, social media here in the Philippines alone. So mm-hmm. for sure, investing on digital would be the way to go. But how is it different, Chris, in your experience with, you know, comparing it to small businesses Versus the startups, I know this is your favorite so far. What, what's the difference between doing um, social media marketing uh, with B2B or like the small businesses versus the startups? Okay. So versus 
small businesses versus startups. Typically, for small businesses, um, they're they're competing against other small businesses and right. like bigger businesses than them. Mm-hmm. But also, usually, uh, within a specific location, could be mm-hmm. you know um, just within Metro Manila. You have certain limitation when it comes to to your serviceable area. So mm-hmm. that's. That alone is is already a, a big difference because a lot of startups they're either tech enabled or they're technology led. So location is not too crucial. Um, mm-hmm. For example, your your startup right now, right? Content Dash. Yay! Uh, Content Dash. <laughs> anyone, any anyone in the world could utilize this um con- uh, this this platform. So you don't need yes. to be limited in just one location. So that alone is a, a world of difference because in terms of marketing budget, in terms of marketing focus, that's going to be very different. Now, when it comes to B2B versus B2, B2C, that's also a world of difference since mm-hmm. if you're dealing with consumers, um, the sales cycle and the sales process or your customer journey is very different. Um, consumers typically... Um, you can convince one person to buy a product immediately. Um, it just takes a few seconds of their time to see an ad and be convinced and they want to buy it. This is why you, mm-hmm. you can hear people talk about nabudol sila ng Lazada or TikTok. <laughs> I love that word. Right? Um, but for B2B, that's never going to happen because typically there are layers of um, bureaucracy and de- depending on the size yeah. of the when it comes to making decisions, it's not usually decided by just one person. Of course, if it's a smaller business where there's just literally one person in that business, um, typically oh. freelancer or self-employed um, businesses, these are similar to consumers in, in terms of decision-making. But if it's a little bit bigger when there's at least two or three uh, co-founders or managers, the decision process is very different. You have to go through a yes. process. And typically, relationship building, in my opinion, in my personal experience, has been the key to get deals or close businesses, like close business mm. deals. It's usually relationship. Which is quite far from those, let's say, businesses that prefer to use cash or their money, right? or like ad spend in order to convert it into sales. Because when, when you try to talk to businesses, they make excuses. I don't know if you you um, encounter this, but they would say something like, oh, I can create content because I don't know how to use TikTok or we don't know how to leverage these platforms, etc., etc. So how do you try to convince them that it's actually doable? I mean, TikTok is free, right? And not the ads though, but you know the platform itself. So how do you? What's your usual parang line to convince them to try out? Just try it out, <laughs> Just experiment and then figure out if the platform is for you. Do you do the same for businesses? With my previous clients and and friends consulting, Mm-mm. I've yet to meet someone who's apprehensive of trying mm. it out. Mm. I think a lot of them realize the importance of it, but they right. don't want to do it themselves. And that's why yeah. they use money <laughs> to speak. <laughs> they want to hire someone. They want this influencer to do it. They don't. See- and I think this phenomenon is also kind of new. In my mm. opinion, it was really in the height of the pandemic that we started seeing 
the entrepreneurs themselves becoming creators and mm. the creators turning to uh, entrepreneurship to sustain themselves as well. I think this is quite unique. Though, of course, there have been in, in entrepreneurs in the past, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, has been yeah, yeah. content. He's been there since forever and he's been creating content <laughs> since forever. Um, but there were very few of them before. I think now okay. you will see a lot of small businesses on TikTok talk about the process and how they built their businesses, their challenges, how they buy their supplies, how do they conceptualize meeting the team, talking about their journey. Um, we're, we're seeing that now and I think people are resonating well with, with these kind of creators. I agree with you. I've seen um, business owners who they just talk about their business, they post on their Facebook, but then once they start creating these like skits on TikTok, it makes more sense like what they're doing. They would show, okay, this is the product, this is how it works. And then when they show themselves actually using the products, I would say, ah, okay, so that's what you're selling. Like, ngayon ko lang nalaman yung like it yeah. makes it really clear and i agree with you na parang these entrepreneurs trying out these platforms it might there might be some of course transition period or like they're trying to familiarize it which actually makes it funny the they're trying out different filters songs they're dancing and all that like how hard was it for you to create content for tiktok or was it as natural as your podcasting and the other content that you create Okay, one thing that I discovered, I guess when I was starting, I was very similar in thinking mm-hmm. that it's difficult, there has to be a process. Yeah. yeah. And, and cop- typically started by copying others. What are others mm. doing? So you have videos where I was singing or singing. <laughs> Dancing, meron ba? <laughs> Dancing. Um, using I have to see this. Filters. <laughs> I've hidden those videos on TikTok. Oh my God, no, I'm too late. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've definitely experienced that where I'm not too sure. But the great thing about social media, especially the new platforms, is that it's so new that no one really knows. Yes, there are certain people True. that are excelling. Um, but it doesn't mean that that's the only format. Actually, most of the time, if you just copy someone else, you're never going to fly because someone's going to say that, mm. oh, I've seen this before. Why would I follow you if you're doing the same exact thing as others are doing? Ah, the ones that are really becoming famous and um, with high engagement, I would say are the Mm. ones that are original, the ones that Mm. discover it on their own. And Mm. because I've interviewed a lot of content creators in my podcast, I've also, as I said earlier, I realized that most of them, they don't accidentally learn these things. They did study it. They watch others, how they do it. They watch videos uh, about other content creators. They spend a lot of time thinking about um, what content, when to post, um, what tools to use. They, the they tactical st- level, no? Mm. Yeah, a lot of people just see the, the outcome. And it seems mm. easy because it's just 5 seconds, 15 seconds. Tama. It feels mm. easy. But those 15 seconds, those are usually the hardest to make because you have to concise everything in just 15 seconds. Um, editing, timing, it's super difficult. And, mm-hmm. and even till now, I don't consider myself like I've mastered it. 
um, I'm still learning a lot and I'm still learning from observing others, watching videos, interviewing people. So it's it's a process because it's super new. Nobody really can claim to be an expert. It's mm. impossible for someone to be an expert because the platforms are also changing. So how would you Mm-mm. tell me that you've perfected it? And then next day, like I think Instagram just recently announced they're introducing Instagram video, which is a combination of feed video plus IGTV. So mm-hmm. it's super new. They so, killed those. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're killing you. They're they're killing some of their features, right? Like IGTV, and then there's Reels, oh. which publicly launched in the Philippines yet. So once it's launched mm-hmm. here, like it's something new again. So no one can really say that mm-hmm. you're an expert on it. And I think that's also why people should just jump on it, try it out, and learn it by themselves. Because it's very difficult to. I mean, the basics, the fundamentals learning basic marketing, script writing, all of that is important. Mm-hmm. But to to be super good at this, there's no other way but to do it yourself. You cannot read it from a textbook or anything because it's impossible. It's always changing. True. Now, if I, let's say, for example, I'm a business owner. Now, I'm convinced that, yes, okay, let's try it out. Let's go to TikTok. Let's see what we can do. So now, I'm, I have the app. I have an account. But I want to create it for my business, not for myself. Um, first question is like, how do? What are the basic things that I should have? Should I have like a setup, like a room fully dedicated to TikTok videos? I'm not sure. What would you tell them? The first thing you need to learn is creating a habit of creating content. <laughs> oh, there we go, habit. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people they think they need to spend a lot of money. With like mm. buying the latest mic, camera, <laughs> lighting, everything. And then they're tamad. Like they won't create content. So what's the point? I think create content, people could not care more to your content if you have like high definition. If you don't create content regularly. So mm. I think it's more important to get to that habit because it will be of very consistency. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's it's not easy to create content every day. The ide- ideation, scripting, it, it takes a lot of time. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to create content now. It's not an IG story that you can just mm-hmm. randomly take pictures and then post it on TikTok and hopefully it would, would bring um, customers to you, right? You have to plan it. So Mm-mm. I think you need to spend time with yourself and 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 just start creating content and then focus on improving things as you observe that it's required. Like, for example, oh, okay, I think this would make my content better if I have a better phone or a better camera mm-hmm. or a mic. But don't focus on that yet until you already have that consistency in creating content. Yes, guys. That's why we have Content Dash. It's a content planner. You have to look ahead kung ano yung lalabas na content mo, di ba? So, yes. like, let's say next week, the next day. How often do you make content ba, Chris? For TikTok, for example. Is it daily? Talaga so, daily? Needed? Typically, what's, what's recommended, and this is also being done by businesses and why you need mm. platforms like Content Dash, is you need to plan it ahead. You're not right. supposed to create content daily and then create content daily as well like you post mm. daily you create daily um it's usually batch creation so you create yes plan, that's good like 
uh, a week before and then post. I honestly have right. not been very active on and on posting on my socials. You might be expecting mm-hmm. like is Chris posting every day. Unfortunately <laughs> not because I've been very busy with work. Um, but when I was still active, it's usually batch um, like three videos at a time. I plan it out. I do my scripts and then and then I I I create them, edit it because editing alone takes a lot of time, especially mm-hmm. if you're gonna use TikTok itself. The the TikTok app is good enough in editing mm-hmm. but it's very difficult so when mm-hmm. i first started i thought that was my only option so mm-hmm. it took some time to like create captions put stickers mm-hmm. and i discovered mm-hmm. other tools and apparently it's so much easier there so i i now create through other tools and then upload it on tiktok so my recommendation just um plan it ahead and in terms of frequency it really depends a lot of people would recommend if you're If you're new to create as much as two to three content on TikTok daily, um, so that you learn. Ouch. That's a lot of content. Huh? Yeah, but then come think of it. It's only, <laughs> uh, for new users on TikTok, I think they're limited to like 30 or 60 seconds. I, I'm not even sure mm. now. Me, mm. Because I'm I'm a creator now on TikTok. I have up to, I think now I have up to 10 minutes. Um, wow. Um, but I think for newbies, I, I have to check. I think it's 30 or 60 seconds. But that's just one minute, right? Assuming it's half a minute to one minute. It, you don't need a full day. I think that's what makes TikTok also very um, recommendable to a lot of people compared to mm-hmm. YouTube. Because mm-hmm. with YouTube, it's really recommended to have long formats. Because mm. it's more intentional. When you go to right. YouTube, yeah. you have an intention to like watch something, like learn how to cook, Or, yes yeah um, watch your favorite vlogger right or learn mm-hmm. something new but on tiktok it's really um for people who's bored so <laughs> they just need like a few seconds of their life to be drifted away so they'll go to tiktok yeah and they just scroll and scroll infinitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so your goal on tiktok is slightly different you only have a few seconds people would only give you maybe about three seconds before they would scroll. And if mm. they've seen this before, they don't like your first clip, they're probably just going to mm. skip. So um, mm-hmm. these are things that you need to, to learn. And the good thing about TikTok is that you don't need to have a huge following to have a lot of views. And doesn't mm. mean that you have a lot of following that you always automatically have a lot of views. It really depends on your content. Mm-mm. But what if I have content but I don't have followers yet? Do I rely on hashtags or like something trending at the moment? Is that the way to go? It can help. Definitely um, adding a sound, a trending sound on your TikTok allows mm. other people to see it. But right. the trending sound has to be something that's just about to explode. Because if it's too popular, no one really will see it anymore. Because the discoverability mm-hmm. there is when people click the sound or hashtag, and then they see other related posts. Related, then yeah. The new ones really get on the top. It's usually mm-hmm. um, like the ones with the highest views. So mm-hmm. if you want to utilize hashtags and sounds or filters, you need to jump onto the trend or a challenge. You join the challenge. Right. Make mm-hmm. sure to join early on. So that um, when people are discovering, oh, there's a new dance craze, let me check it out. Then your videos mm. get on top. Mm. That's how you game the system. But at the end of the day, it still will depend on your content. That's mm-hmm. why I said, Kanina, 
don't invest on like equipment, don't invest on all, all these other things. You really need to invest on the content because at the end of the day, it's content that people are consuming, not your camera, not the dance moves, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to enjoy the content. What's the purpose? Do you want to entertain, educate, agitate? Mm-hmm. It really depends mm-hmm. to you what, what your purpose is. So, create mm-hmm. content that that delivers that intent and on TikTok, you'll, you'll find it easy to, to succeed. For sure, for sure. Now, the last thing is like, influencer marketing um let's say i'm a, i'm a business and oh chris i really don't have time for this i just want to hire people or like an influencer to do that for me is that even possible and how much do you think i should pay for it yeah what's so unique now is that as i as i talk about it recently um creatorship is uprising which is the newer or the newest kind of small business. It's almost like a freelance Creator economy. Is that the same yeah. thing? It's, yeah. it's part of the creator economy. Mm. The big difference is before influencers, you just hire them to post. Now yeah, there yeah. are not necessarily influencers with huge following, but they can create content. So they edit, they, they can script, mm. they can act, they can do it themselves. They can ask other people to do it for you as well. Um, so definitely in terms of hiring someone to do content for you, that's very doable. In terms of cost, it would really depend so much on a lot of factors from how big is your brand, how how big is their following, what kind of content are they producing. If there's an alignment as well in terms of what you're doing um, versus what they're do, what what you're doing versus what they're um aspiring to do as well there, there could be it also depends if they're very new and they're open that it's actually something i haven't done yet in terms of hiring a, a creator to produce content for a brand mm-hmm. um, specifically like on a regular basis not on a campaign basis but that's mm-hmm. actually on our pipeline so instead of us sponsoring a show um, or us doing the content ourselves we're planning exactly. to hire yeah. This aspiring content creators who don't have much followings yet, but you can see they have the talent, they have the passion. Right. Um, and, and that has been my recent advocacy next to like, I've been uh, a mentor for, for Kubo, I think for five years now. Um, and it's because of my passion to help entrepreneurs. Because my thinking is when you help entrepreneurs, you help more people because they employ exactly. people and, and et cetera. Now, because of this, I'm actually creating a fund that all my earnings from content creation I'm putting there because I want to support creators because it's super creators difficult well. um, mm-hmm. to become a content creator. Especially when you're starting, you'll feel like, oh, no one's watching anyway. I shouldn't continue. And I've seen a lot of live streamers that like that. And when I started supporting them, I asked people to watch them. And now they're doing so well. They're, they're making money and Sometimes it's just, it only takes one person to believe in you, to keep going. And, and that's why I think um, um, there's a huge opportunity for brands to, to look for these kinds of talent and hire them. And it's now happening. There are jobs uh, in different companies, including big businesses like Shopee and Canva, that's hiring content creators. Uh, as in your job is to create content for them, for a specific, usually it's a content creator for TikTok. Because one thing they realize is you cannot hire a social media manager and automatically assume that this person can do 
TikTok videos because it's a very different talent altogether. Agree. So so Agree. now it's actually a job. Apparently, it's some, some some companies are already hiring content creators. Similar to companies that are opening that have openings for meme makers. I don't know if you've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they also now have studios. I'm quite surprised. There, I, I can't remember which company. They have an actual studio for you to create content. Right. Oh, this is very interesting. Interesting times. And I'm looking forward to your fund for creators. So maybe you work like a, uh, an incubator or accelerator for the creator economy. That's probably going to be your next venture, the star. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? Yes. The star maker, why not? <laughs> yeah, so before I let you go, um, of course, this is Wicked Thoughts. So what's your final Wicked Thought that you can leave to our listeners? Hmm. I guess I'll relate it back to content creation and social media in general. I think it's such an exciting time. And being the social media capital of the world. And a lot of us are very, very talented, very smart. And we speak the language of, of the, the world. And it's not just English. A lot of us are speaking Spanish, French, and all that. I think this is the next DPO, <laughs> like the next wow. call center, right? Like this could be the center of content creation in the future. I mean, the Philippines. And, and it's just starting. Um, from live streaming games to live selling to creating TikTok videos. I think it's something that people are not taking seriously yet. But the people I've spoken to that are creators now, they're making a lot of money. They're probably even making more money than some managers or, or people working in the BPO industry. So if, if, if that's something worth, motiv- if, that, if money is motivation, definitely it's, it's not lacking in, in this industry. And I just wonder if we can help more people to become that. And that's why I thought I'll probably create a fund. When I say I have created the fund, I've really set aside the money I earn from brand deals, from live streaming. And some of it, I, I buy virtual gifts to support live streamers. And some of it, I put it on, on, on an investment and I plan to grow it because I think we need to push harder for more people to become creators and not just so they become famous. I really think it will be a livelihood for a lot of people in, in the coming years. There we go. Chris Star, everyone, and his wicked thoughts. So Chris, you want to plug some of your initiatives right now, your podcast, what do you have for us? Yes, thank you so much for, again, inviting me here. And if you guys are interested to learn more about the world of social media, how to become a content creator, how to hire one, I also have a podcast after listening Wicked Thoughts. You might want to also check out Under the Influence. It's on all um, podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. And you can follow us on TikTok and Instagram. You can also follow me on all social media and also, I've just launched a course with um, Up Next, and we're on our first cohort, but I heard that there's so much demand to it that we might do a second one. And I'm really excited for that. So if you guys are interested with learning more about social media marketing, either as a career, you want to be a content creator, um, do check out Up Next. 
because we might actually create a special track just for people interested in content creation. So there, thank you so much again for guesting me. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And Chris Tark and everyone, thank you. And that was the latest episode from Wicked Thoughts. This season is sponsored by The Company Co-working Space in Cebu and Content Dash, a simple and fast social media content planner. Sign up for a free account at www.contentdash.app. Tune in for more Wicked Conversations right here at Wicked Thoughts.